This is Eric Rutan of Cannibal Corpse. You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast with Andrew McKay-Smith. G'day, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. I appreciate it. I have a terrific conversation with Inflames' long-tenured guitarist, Bjorn Jalot, to share with you. Wow, this is one of those chats I say it a few times, but I mean it every time. I truly enjoyed this one here. Bjorn's a fantastic fella. This is my second chat with him. And the catalyst this time around is due to the release of a new album from In Flames, their 14th titled Foregone. And I didn't realize it, but the guys are actually on Knotfest, which is playing in Australia. I think it's in Melbourne, Brisbane, and Sydney sometime soon, but I don't really go to festivals, so I don't check up on them. But uh, if you're in town, one of the three cities, check out Knotfest because I think there's still tickets available. Kind of beside the point though in the introduction is, and I've got to tell you what's going on throughout this chat here. Those of you who are regular listeners to the show will know that I'm an old fan of In Flames. So the opportunity to dive deep into the band's catalogue and discuss Jester, Horacle, Colony, and Clayman, of course, I go there. But we do pay attention to the new album, Foregone discuss some of the highlight tracks you'll hear one soon meet your maker if you've tuned in via spotify and the podcast apps of course you people on youtube you know the deal i can't play music and there's a bunch of other subjects that we address including what is going on with nicholas england bjorn answers the question so i couldn't get an answer out of nicholas but bjorn actually answers the question So stick around and hear what he has to say about that. We talk about Jesper Stromblad as well, the magnificent guitarist who Bjorn played alongside of for many, many years. What else is there to say? Absolutely nothing. Here's the tune, Meet Your Maker, taken from the album Foregone. And once it's done, we'll dive into the chat. Let's do it.
Bjorn. Hello. Mate, how have the uh, how have the calls been going? I think this is your last one, if I'm not mistaken. Oh yeah, yeah, it's the last one. Well, it's not the last one. I have a couple of face to face later on, but uh, yeah, it's all good. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing well. I'm really grateful for this opportunity. Actually, of uh, you wouldn't remember these things. We had a chat a couple of years ago, and you gave me some really deep insight into your perspective on the band's older albums. And I know I actually ended up writing about it in a book, and it was very well received. So, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, you probably you know this, okay? But your older albums, the ones from the nineties, they're just revered. And I know we're here to talk about the newest stuff, but the older stuff mm-hmm. is the stuff that really helped re-energize heavy metal at a time where it wasn't where it needed it. Um, yeah, I mean, I wasn't aware or thinking about that at all. Obviously, I was eighteen, nineteen. 2021 you know these are my first experiences with proper recordings i've done demos and stuff before so i didn't really think about it then and i don't think there was any notion of that you know in the city it's not like gothenburg was a a mecca where everybody was playing every night and Hmm. all the bands were there and stuff no it all revolved basically around the studio the studio fredma where everybody met up and Mm -hmm. you know and uh and rec- made their records. So he was extremely important, Frederick. You know, obviously, yeah. you know, all this uh, writing a book about it and everything. But, uh, but yeah, in hindsight, looking back, obviously, this in conjunction with so many other things, obviously, uh, rejuvenated, um, I think, a, a metal genre and, and created lots of off- like offspring or spawns. Yeah, um, of different musical, well, metal genres in the end. Uh, but I don't think, I'm sure I didn't think about it, you know, at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just ecstatic of being on tour and the first couple of tours that we did and being in a proper studio with with proper songs and, and, and the whole, um, you know, army of uh, record label people and all that stuff behind you all of a sudden. It's like it was it was very exciting times, you know. Um, so I didn't think so much about it. But as you mentioned, I mean, at the time, it was uh, it was very important. Was How important do you feel Frederick Nordstrom was in developing the band's sound very early on in your career? So I appreciate this probably is in, he may not be integral, but do you feel he's integral? Oh, for sure. I mean, I'm pretty sure at the time when we did the, the first couple of records with him, he was still trying to figure out stuff too. He was learning very much at, at the same time, you know, was, uh, and, and every band sounded different. I, a lot of times I, when I think back, it's it's sort of like looking at the Morris Sound uh, studio in mm. Florida with Scott Burns and, and, and the guys down there. They made every band sound unique and he did the same thing. And it was very um, um, in the moment kind of productions and, and the whole, yeah, all the bands were unique. And I think Frederick did the same thing, even though they were all recorded in the same studio. All these bands had a distinctly different sound and, and for, for different reasons. But he was still trying to figure out what he was doing, too, I think, at the time. And that made everything unique. Every, every recording was unique back then. So he was very, very important for that. His learning or his experience um how do you put it uh his um yeah him getting to know what he was doing obviously flavored all the bands as well 
Mm. Were you inspired by Carcass early on, and in particular Bill Steer? I was never, not until I, I met Jesper. He he was a huge, or is a huge Carcass fan. I was I never really listened. I listened to uh, a few songs that I've seen on TV, and it was, I believe, Corporal Jigsaw Quandary, and it was one more that they made videos of. And I loved those songs, but I I, I never got to hear the, the records. I, I never, they weren't on my radar until he started talking about it. And that was later. I think that was with Swan Song and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And that's when I turned into a fan. So I, I didn't have any of that with me. It just got something that I got from from being part of this band. Very interesting. We'll see if Blabbermouth picked up on picks up on that comment because I've actually asked Bill Steer if he felt he was an influence on the Gothenburg sound. Yeah. And, oh, well, he uh, possibly or most likely was. I mean, if you if you talk to Jesper, he would probably say that. But for me, I never really was into to to Carcass before that time because I never had the opportunity to listen to. Yeah, getcha. That's interesting. Very interesting feedback you give me there. Yeah, definitely will make the next book a write about you guys. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> So, so we we are here to talk about your new album, and, and and unbelievably, it's your fourteenth. I mean, it makes me feel old, to be honest with you, because I remember <laughs> yeah. your first few. Just imagine, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Imagine yeah. how I feel. Oh, no, it, look it, at us, grey hair, yeah. grey beards, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but the, the fun thing is, this experience, like recording and uh, writing and recording this, it was such an easy thing to do. I mean, we've done it all. Yeah, you mentioned fourteen albums. We've recorded. With every, in with many different producers in in many different studios in many different ways, uh, so we tried a lot of things, and and I have to say the last two records have been extremely smooth to record. Uh, mm-hmm. It's lots to do with Howard and his team, uh, us being very comf- comfortable and confident in our songwriting and in our abilities, and having done all these live shows that we've done has just made songwriting. The songwriting process a little bit easier because you you get to know you get to understand what what works live and what doesn't work live mm. the the you know 12 to 16 guitars on a song it's like simply not doable you know live so you have to rethink a little bit how you arrange and how you how you you write so these things have made it extremely smooth or, or way easier i would have to say and it's uh it's just a I used to not like being in the studio at all because it, it's just a means to an end, right? I, I love the live side of things. I love the creative process. I'm not so much into the repetitive, getting the right take, all that stuff. It takes away from creativity, I think. So it's just a means to an end. But now these last couple of recordings have actually been enjoyable with the people uh, surrounding Howard, Mike Plotnikov, the guy that I work with most. And everybody else on his team has made it really, really nice. So the experience was great, you know, and it's getting more and more fun, which is crazy considering how long we've done this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's sounds crazy because you're not much older than me, I don't think. I'm 44, but you're veterans at what you're doing now and <laughs> yeah, highly I mean, influential. Well, I've done this since I, I joined the band. I'm, I'm kind of the odd one out. I'm not part of the – the. I, I'm not from the same area as the rest of the guys – um at the time um and also the other bands dark tranquility at the gates and all these dudes they, they knew each each other in a way i'm from a completely different part of town i'm i happen to be kind of thrown into this because of my cousin being a, a childhood friend with jespers and i had no connection to 
the Swedish death metal really at all. I wasn't a fan of the Stockholm sound and I wasn't really aware of when I was 18, 17, 18, you know, I wasn't aware of the, the Gothenburg uh, scene of, of bands. Um, so my cousin introduced me to that and, and that's why I'm saying I don't have the same um, preferences, I think, as some of the other guys mm-hmm. because they were friends before and I, I came into this sort of later. Um, yeah, I'm Sorry, I'm, I'm deviating here. No, you're giving me a lot of a lot of context. <laughs> this is what you did last time. It's fantastic. Talk mm-hmm. away. You, wherever you want to take the conversation, I'm happy for you to take it oh, wherever nice. you want to go. Okay. So I'll just make this point about the new album, though. It is, it is called Foregone. Okay. So I've mentioned I'm an old fan. So I'll go right back. Clayman, Horacle, The Works. And to my sensibilities, the album has... It's got a newer dynamic of some sounds that I haven't heard before from you guys. But importantly, I think you've bought some of the band's older sound post uh, the 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 pre, let's say pre two thousand and four pre soundtrack to your escape. You bought that in, and uh, so Jester, Horacle, Colony, Clayman, um, and you mix that with this newer take on things, a heavier sound, more brutal, even almost death metally. Um, do you agree with my summary there? Yeah, absolutely, and it's, you summarize it really well. So I, I'd like to say that the, the album is written in the same way as we've written. Well, I've always approached this the songwriting the same way. It's about the melody. It's about the aggression. I love uh, that contrast when those two worlds meet. You know, you get that really beautiful melody that hits you here, you know, and, and here you have to think a little bit, and then you get the aggressiveness or the the pounding of the drums and the, the the guitar riffing i love that and the screaming vocals meets the clean vocals in the choruses just in order to to elevate everything a little bit that that's that's the whole point with with what we're doing and and what we love to hear and love to play uh, and i like to think that each and every record we've done is absolutely crucial to where we are today and I'm, I've never looked back, like thinking that, oh my, times were better than, or we sounded better than, or songs were better than. I, I never did that because all that's always with us. You know, it's always with me. I never wanted to, you know, make the same record again. Uh, there's some bands out there that are really, really good at that. I, I, we're not one of them, and we're constantly looking forward, but we never forget who we are. You know, and. It's really, really nice to hear you say that because it's something that we're thinking about. This is, this is us, what we have been, where we are now, and where we're sort of headed, you know. Okay. And we all, when we talked about it, me and Anders, we had a few words that, that, that should summarize it because I mean, there's no, there's no recipe or a plan or anything, but a few things to, to just hone in on what we're aiming for would be we wanted it really big, mm-hmm. we wanted to lean towards the metal or even perhaps towards death metal uh but with a more modern touch to it and and that's i think what probably brings forward some of that older the older vibe it's Mm. it's not conscious like i want to write something that sounds like that it's a matter of how how we produced it later how how the mix was and it just emphasizes the kicks lots of guitars and guitar wall and that's, we haven't done that for quite some time. So I'm a guitar player, so I really want to hear the intricacies of the guitar. 
Mm. But they have to step back a little bit when you want to make that massive sound of guitar. So it's um, it's a, a bit of a trade-off, but I, I really think it did the best for the songs. It, it um, It's, I would say, more towards how we sound live and how we would present a lot of these songs live. Uh, so I, I think it's absolutely correct what you're saying. Okay, sweet. Yeah. In particular, there's two songs that I want to single out. Meet Your Maker. Okay, that to me, that to me summarizes or is emblematic of what the whole album's all about. But also, Foreign Part One is—I uh, think I've got that right. I was just making some notes as I was listening along to it. Did you write those songs on the guitar, and did you bring them into the studio? Can you tell me how those songs in particular evolved? Uh, those, both of those, were written in Los Angeles. I was sitting in front of the computer with the guitar. Um, and just playing riffs that wouldn't leave my head. And they all start with, it's either a riff, a melody, or something that just needs to be recorded in a way, you know? And you start doing that. And I always try to arrange everything, even if it's just one riff. If it's only 10 seconds, I would still program drums. I would still lay down harmonies, whatever needs to be done. I would play the bass and everything in order to get the full picture of how it sounds. Mm. And then it just takes on a life of its own. You know, the songwriting, it just continues. It feeds off of those first uh, couple of ideas that are, and it, it doesn't necessarily need to be a melody or a riff. It could be a couple of words put together that can just trigger something, right? So it's, um, and and the same thing with, with especially Meet Your Maker, it's got a little bit of everything we are. Mm. It's got that big chorus, got lots of guitar work in there. It's heavy, lots of drums in there. Everything we love about playing in this band is in that song, you know? So it's uh, it's in Flames 101, if you want, you know? Mm. And, it, and it holds, it stands the test. I, I think it holds its own against earlier stuff. Uh, and especially, I think, in a live setting, it would fit perfectly. I agree. I hope to. So I would. Uh, hopefully, you're coming down to Australia, and I hope that's one of the first few songs in the set. Actually, I think it did kick things off really <laughs> well. You know, did Chris? Did Chris Broderick? Of course. Did he play on the album and write any of the songs? He didn't write anything. He um, he, he participated very much with his solo guitars. I mean, it's uh, it's amazing to have a resource like that in your band. He's one of the best guitar players I know. He's He's like a mentor to me, a teacher. Uh, we play so much guitar on the road together. And I asked him, I mean, the songs were written. I usually record the guitars myself in order to save time. And also if I want to change things on the fly, I can always do that. Uh, so it's it's a mix between practicality and me being really stubborn and uh, not very willing to compromise. <laughs> uh, so, so that was already done. Uh, but uh, I asked him early if he, he wanted to lay down a solo or two, and he was really happy about doing that. And I was, of course, extremely happy because he's he's a incredible guitar player, and he really the stuff that he put on the songs really adds to to it, and it gives it such a flavor. And uh, um, yeah, it's the icing on the cake. Hmm. It does bring me to another topic, though, and I've I've had a long chat to Nicholas about this, but he wouldn't answer any of my questions about it. I might add, uh, is he still in the band? I know there's been no statements from him or you guys in the band. Is he still in the band, or is Chris in the band? Chris is in the band. Chris is the one touring with us now, and tour, touring is 
who we are. You know, we have to to look at it that way. It, it's um, it's where we spend the most time. It's where we do our best work together. It's it's where we are supposed to be. And and Nicholas couldn't tour with us, uh, so so and Chris could. So that's that's how it is. I don't really want to dig further into it. There's no point really. So. No, I understand. I understand it's a sensitive topic. I just wondered why Nicholas wouldn't talk about it a couple of months ago when you, the, the Halo yeah. Effect album was out there. Because yeah, I mean, they have. He's really kicked it off with that that uh, that project, and it's doing really well as far as I understand. And these are all extremely good musicians, so it's going to be a very very good um, couple of years of touring or or new records and everything. So I'm, I'm really a couple of years. Why did I say that? Um, um, <laughs> It's not at all what I meant, but it's going to be a great development for these guys. These are already old in the game. They've done this forever. So as long as they want to tour, everybody gets to see them. I always like it when things like that happen because you've got the older In Flames members forming a band, which sounds a bit like older In Flames, but sped up a little bit, you know, with a bit more other stuff Mm -hmm. going on. And you guys are still going on and you're the core songwriter in this band here. So as a fan now... I've got two bands that play not the same music, but music from the yeah, same Yeah, but it branched out a little bit. Yeah, it's mm. sort of like digging into, as you mentioned, like the, the Gothenburg sound. There's there's a common thread somewhere there, but they all split up at some point, you know, and mm. it's it's the same thing, yeah. Mm. Just you, you are at a point, though, where you could go and play, you could go and play Jester, Horacle, Colony, or Claim It. You could play, you could tour Australia saying, we are just going to play Colony. And the fans would come out and support it. I think you know that. And that would be any any continent anywhere, any market for you where, where you have interest, okay? But new albums, okay? Of course, this is a great album that you've released, okay? But is it important for you to keep on releasing new music as a band? Yeah, it's very important. I think it's uh, in order for us to keep interested and having fun, we need to do stuff that is fun. We're doing this full-time. We tour a lot. You know, we play a lot of shows. Last year was a really slow year. It was supposed to be a slow year, but we managed to make a record in for two months and then do another 120 shows or whatever uh, in a post-pandemic year. So we're always on the road and it needs to be fun to be on stage, you know, and, and the easiest way, well, well, the one way we know to make it fun is to make it uh, challenging and interesting and, and having new stuff in there. Uh, we always try to make the set list a mix of everything. It's hard. It's not getting easier, obviously, with that many records and that many songs. And we're not really there to please everyone. It's, it's not possible. What we can do is make sure that we have a great time and hopefully that will reflect on the live show and everybody sees that this is this is the honest and the real and the fun-loving band that we are, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, it's mostly for us, you know? And, and if people like it, that's awesome. If they don't like it, they still are more than welcome to listen to the older stuff. It's it's just the natural progression of things, and uh, it's it, nothing is going away, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think as a musician, you I don't want to get stuck. That's why I don't want to make the same record again. I was never interested in that. Each and every recording is a is a learning experience and and a lesson learned. Hopefully, you know that brings you forward and. And in uh, getting better at what you do and, and enjoying it more, you know. How important do you feel now, all these years later, a soundtrack to your escape is in the broader legacy of the bands, in, in the, to your legacy? 
as important as any record, as important as Jesteray's, or as important as um, Conclarity or, or you know, I the Mask. They're all part of the same journey. It's in our DNA. It's who we are. It's it's what we've created that's brought us here. So they're all equally. That's one of the albums that that uh, we did a bunch of videos for it. So it got a lot of attention. Uh, we did Ruby to Remain before that um, with the same producers. And it was some people loved it. Some people didn't, you know, mm-hmm. but people showed up at the shows. We started touring a bit more. So it's it's and soundtrack was uh, was the follow up album to that. And we toured even more on that. And, and people showed up when we played shows. So, of course, it's been very important. And then I think everything besides that is just a matter of taste. Uh, but we can clearly see that for each and every album we do, uh, our audience is growing, even though there's people saying that they we haven't done anything good since <laughs> whenever. You know? But that always yes. changed, too. I, I'm not afraid of hearing it, and I really don't care about it in the end, because I can't. It can't affect what I'm doing. If it does, then it's um, it would be a very schizophrenic album trying to listen to everybody else's opinion. And it, it just simply doesn't work like that. I couldn't do it that way. Uh, I'm not writing radio uh, or commercial jingles mm-hmm. or anything. It, it's, it's our art, you know? So we're very proud of it. And each and every song and hence every recording has been equally important. Yeah, a lot of a lot of the criticism of the band hasn't been valid. You're still effectively an extreme metal band, and you always have been, as far as I'm concerned. You can't play yeah. your music to your granny. You know what I'm saying? And realistically, yeah. leave it on in the background like you could with some of bloody Metallica's music or what have you. So you've just played different fields. Yeah, I mean, we try everything that we're we're capable of. It's usually about that. It's 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 our taste. It's our preferences. It's our choices that we make. You know. It, and that's the beauty of of being in this band and having this opportunity. Having been able to do it for such a long time is only because we've been able to do what we want to do and not because we've been told what to do or listen too much to that. And I, it's very interesting. I Almost every interview I do, I have to sit here and talk about that. But people seem really read up about what I say, but they keep forgetting that part. You know, mm-hmm. I always say the same thing. It's this is for us, you know, and, uh, and and it's for good or bad. As I mentioned before, it's like some people like it, some people don't. And that's just the nature of things. And in order for us to be productive and have fun being productive, we have to do what we want to do, you know. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it hits certain people's core, you know, they love it. And sometimes they don't. It's mm-hmm. just a matter of it's a taste thing, you know, in the end. I think. I've got to be honest here, you're a lot more, uh, and God help me for saying this, uh, you're a lot more articulate than Anders. And I've, I've had a chat to you both, and mm-hmm. I've asked similar questions, and it's not a dig at Anders at all, okay? It's just different personalities. The way in which you answer questions, you provide a lot of context and you go into a lot of detail, and sometimes with some of that detail, other questions come up, but you actually comprehensively answer, you've answered all of my questions beautifully. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't feel like I would have got the same response from Anders, to be quite honest with you, because when I did ask him that, his, his comment was to me, we control this ship, nobody else, and then stepped away from it. So I think mm-hmm. I just wanted to give you that, give you a bit more sort yeah. of feedback on that one there, yeah. Yeah, well, and I, in the end, I mean, there's a limit to to anybody's patience about 
you know, certain things. But I think it's it's a it's a valid question. I think, though, that uh, a lot of people should just read up on on us because we, we've always said the same thing for many, many years. It's never been for everybody else. This is not for anybody else to decide, you know, and, and, and it's sometimes you get shit for it. Sometimes you don't, you know, mm. and I'm very happy people seem to get this album and it uh, seems to resonate in a lot of people that were only into the old stuff. And that is awesome. The whole thing is that we never, we never quit, you know, and, and had a 10, 12 year break and then got back straight to where we were when we quit. Right. So there Mm -hmm. is a long evolution and people grow with us. And it's another aspect of it is that when somebody first discovers a band and falls in love with a band, I, I do this all the time and I, I still do it. Mm. You will always use that moment, that record, that song, whatever it is, as your uh, benchmark in a way. You know, th- this is how you would compare everything else that the band has done to. And there's mm. no competing with that. There's no way I can compete with your first experience of, of an Inflamed song with anything I do after that, because it, it's up to a very high standard, right? And, uh, and that's not about how much effort we put into it or how much thought or passion or anything we put into it. It's just a matter of preference and, and taste. And as long as everybody is aware of that, I, and I am very aware of that, that's why it doesn't really hurt me when people say whatever, you know, it doesn't matter. I know for a fact that I can still do this. People will show up when we play live and it's incredible. And I'm extremely grateful for that. But all these things are, yeah, it's out there. People know. It's not the first time I talk about this. You know? mm. Was that, was the stadium show you did in Mexico, I think it's a Hermanos Rodriguez stadium with Deep Purple, where you, I think mm. you played some, somewhere in the vicinity of 80,000, 100,000 people, if I'm not mistaken, one of the biggest stadiums around, yeah? Was was that show one of those moments where you and Anders looked at each other and went, holy shit, we've actually done it. Here we are. <laughs> I mean, it happens, and it happens more frequently than you would think. Probably that you have to turn around and look at what the hell is going on, or pinch yourself. And I don't remember it being that big as you're talking about at all. I I don't have a clue of how big it was, but it was an arena, and it was with Deep Purple, one of my childhood absolute favorite bands. Growing up, listening to my dad's a metalhead, so all the Deep Purple, all the Black Sabbath, all the like mountain and stuff like you know the white snake all that stuff that's how i grew up uh so being on stage right before deep purple with their whole setup right behind us and thousands of people in mexico uh screaming our songs mm. <laughs> on, an, on a deep purple show of course it's it's surreal it's, it's i mean just talking about it gives me goosebumps now mm. and the coolest thing with that show was right after we we got off stage and it's like this is incredible. I was sitting there with a towel like this. And in pops Ian Gillen. Ian comes in, claps his hands like this. And I was like, holy shit, who's this? Oh, it's Ian. He's coming into <laughs> the dressing room. And he said, fucking great, guys. Fuck it. I have no clue what the fuck that was, but it was amazing. I was like, and I started crying because it was such a, you know, yeah, it felt incredible. You know, Ian mm-hmm. Gillen coming in saying he had no clue what happened, but he loved it. You know, it's it's just an amazing, it's such a, yeah, it's a bucket list for sure. 
Mm. Yeah, I just checked the capacity on that place. It's 110,000 people. So there was up to that many okay. people potentially there to give you an idea. So maybe, yeah. maybe I had the tunnel vision or something. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, I know it's just been a segment of it. Who knows? But but yeah, I mean, it's just I remember looking at the capacity of it and thinking, holy shit, you guys are actually really, really doing it. It's, 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 it's I mean, over the years, we had so many incredible experiences. We played with Iron Maiden here in our hometown in the biggest outdoor soccer arena. That's a bunch of years ago now, but we were opening up for up in Maiden, right? And we played with, we opened up for Metallica. All these bands toured with Slayer several times. These are incredible things. And if you would have told me when I was 15, I'd tell you to go, you know, stop lying. You know, this is not going to happen. Yeah. It's, it's incredible stuff, obviously. So, and this has happened over and over. It's, it's, it's been a long career, but it's been an incredible career. With Jesper being such an important member of the band's legacy, is his absence still felt? Um, no, not the absence. I have to say, no, it's been quite a while since he quit, mm. but I miss him, uh, you know, as a friend. We did so much together uh, for so many years. Uh, and writing with him was always really easy. We have similar backgrounds. We we complement each other really well when it comes to the to the guitar playing and to, to the songwriting. So it was a it was a great time, obviously. But then so many issues and, and problems and stuff came in between the good stuff you know and and our relationship and uh, so that sucked but having said that we reconnected and we do talk we text and and um and and, and try to meet up every now and then he's a fantastic human being and and i wish him all all the best always love the guy uh, and i always will you know uh, so of course from that point of view yeah but um, as a member of the band not not so much yeah yeah and what what was Looking back now, no, this is going back about seven or eight years ago as well. When before battles came out, you lost your rhythm section. You'd had to you had to bring in new guys there. Was that was that a big challenge? Was that potentially one of the biggest challenges that you had to face within the band? All these uh, lineup changes are always a big challenge. They are. I mean, looking back at it, it it just feels supernatural. But at the time, of course, you're panicking. It's like you know you, you're you have such a momentum and you, you're ready to do all these things. And then somebody just decides that it's not what they want to do with their life. And you can't, you can't argue with that, you know? So it's really frustrating and it's really sad at the same time. So of course it was, I mean, every time somebody decides to quit, it, it sucks, you know, but we've always come out of it stronger and we did that time as well. But yeah, it was the, the last show we played together. We hugged and cried and, you know, it was, it felt it felt at the time like an era uh, was ending, you know. Um, he's, uh, you know, he, he's the guy that took over after me on the drums and nobody was happier than me having a proper drummer in the band so I can focus on the guitar playing and not sucking behind the drums, you know. All these things were really important at the time and, and he's a phenomenal drummer, extremely uh, uh, stable. You know, one of those drummers you really love playing live with. Uh, and um, so that was really extremely sad, obviously. But we, we got really lucky again, you know, finding people that are not only really, really good at playing, 
but they also fit in socially really well and they have the energy and the, the urge to tour which again is is where i think we we do our best work you know so and that happened and we changed the 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 rhythm section well we changed drummers again because joe who came in mm-hmm. after danny he, he uh his back is really messed up from you know he, he couldn't play drums basically so he couldn't tour either and and so we were like oh shit not again you know and then his suggestion he suggested um bryce for bass for instance because uh, they they knew each other from before and and he's also the guy that 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 talked about tanner because he's, he's a great drummer we met up with tanner um he was a drum tech at the time when we met him the first time and uh, we just heard he's an excellent drummer and we just talked to him and he he was he was uh, interested in joining the band and he, mm. he did yeah gotcha yeah i'll make this on my my last or second last question for you but um is there a moment throughout your career obviously new albums as we've discussed are important but is there a moment from throughout your career not just in, in flames but in general where you go that's the moment that's that's the moment that if you're not if you could say you're most proud of it or gives you the greatest sense of accomplishment is probably the better way to frame it Wow, there's again, there's so many, there's so many. I mean, headlining the biggest Swedish festival, for instance, or playing, as I mentioned, with, with uh, Iron Maiden on on at Ullu, which is, is uh, probably sixty five thousand cap or whatever, you know, in nice. our hometown. These these are incredible moments. Headlining Wacken, which is an incredible festival in Germany that we've been playing since ninety seven, mm-hmm. and we've done that a bunch of times. It, it, these things are it's not something you take for granted and it's not something that you take lightly uh, you know so these are extremely important moments in our career um, I mean those are high, personal highlights but I think each and every tour that we do I mean bigger or smaller headline or, or support are all putting us or it's the next step on on the track forward for in flames and i know it sounds cliche but it's literally how i look at it because it all brought me here you know it all brought us to making this record it all brought us to to doing the tours that are coming up like the australian tour now coming up and all these things are happening because of that you know mm-hmm. When's the Australian tour? This is going to be my final question for you. What date's that? Can you or can you give the dates now? Or? It's uh, the Knotfest. Uh, so we oh, do, yeah, of course, festivals. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we do. Is it the twentieth or something? Yes, uh, three, three, four shows in Australia and one in Japan. I think we will see yeah. if we can do any off shows there. Not sure what's happening there at all, um, but hopefully we get to do more shows and we will do our utmost to to come back and do a headline run so we can play a few more songs and that's that's what we really want to do um get a bit longer set so we can dig in the catalog a bit and you know present us the best way you know uh, yeah i i can't stand drinking mid-strength beer to be honest with you so avoid the, the festivals because <laughs> <laughs> that's all they give you bloody here at the festivals the last one i was out the last sound wave i went to anyway it was bloody mid-strength and it's uh yeah that just makes yeah. it a longer day i mean I, i'm an adult jesus christ i like at the football yeah. and they sort of mid-strength beer it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah i know I exactly no, for me for me festivals especially when we're playing festivals are awesome for me 
because I get to see so many other bands that mm. that I haven't toured with or I haven't toured with in a long time. Get to meet a bunch of people. So festivals are really exciting for me. Uh, but that's more of a personal, you know, preference. But uh, as a as a punter or as a, a visitor, <laughs> I know festivals can be hard. You know, I, I stopped going to those 94, 95, right before I joined the band. And now I'm at festivals all the time, but I'm on the <laughs> other side. So it is way more comfortable, obviously. I, I pray and hope that that a club gig just something gets organized. Well, yeah, in, in it will happen. It's so. just a matter of it's just a matter of when. Yeah, you know. yeah. I'd love to see you guys. I haven't. I, I, I've got to be honest. I haven't seen you guys yet. It's just been one of those things where just timing has just been oh. out. Whenever you guys have toured, and it's um, and make sure you uh, make sure you keep your your eyes open because we will tour. I just can't. I really can't tell you when yet because everything is still. After the pandemic, everything is loosey, loosey, you know, in a way. So we're yeah. trying to figure out what we're doing. The new album's coming out. So obviously we want to tour a lot about that and, and do everything that we that we love to do. So yeah. there's going to be a lot of touring and we will definitely try to hit Australia as soon as possible. Well, we look forward to it. And, um, mate, I'll, I'll let you go. Thanks very much for the chat. Look, I'll, I'll just say it now. You know, I'm really grateful that you've continued to make music, those, those four albums that I mentioned. I'm not one of those hoary old rock guys. That I, I'm the opposite. I love new music, believe me, but I can't mm-hmm. deny the impact that Jester Horacle, Colony and Clayman had on my life. You know, I was the Iron Maiden fan and then mm-hmm. you guys and, and it was you guys in Cradle of Filth. I remember that with Stuart mm-hmm. Anstis mm-hmm. when he was playing in the band with that new, both of you, bringing mm-hmm. new wave of British heavy metal into the new millennium. And and it had such a tremendous impact on on young fellas back then, 18, 19, 20. I mean, you'd walk around and you'd, you'd I'd have a Suzuki Swift and be blasting Murders in the Room Org, your cover of that mm-hmm. and a few other things. <laughs> and just I, I just loved the albums to death. Just listen one of those one of those those albums that I listened to back to front and just they used to make you feel like I could take on the world yeah. sort of thing, you know. And uh, I just really appreciate, you know, you all those killer riffs that you and Jesper uh, injected into the band. They're gonna they're big time going to stand the test of time. Wow. Well, thank you so much, man. I'm so glad that you're still around for for listening to the new record as well. You didn't give up on us, so I'm, I'm very happy about that. Well, it's, it's always a pleasure to talk to you too, mate, so I hope our paths cross again in the future. Oh, it will. It will. No worries. Thank you so much. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. You take care. Well, there he is, ladies and gents. Love that fella, Bjorn Jalot from the Swedish outfit In Flames. If you like that chat, there are many more just like it over at scarsandguitars.com. If you're on the website, click on the banner. There's a link there. It'll take you to a marketplace of your choice and you can download a copy. Try before you buy of my book, Scars and Guitars, Volume 1, Conversations from the World of Heavy Metal and Beyond. Beyond, and I mention it because Bjorn he features amongst the pages of the of that particular edition volume one i've got another one in the works it'll come out sometime whenever i get around to it to be honest with you but either way bjorn's in that copy there do check it out if you do complete the purchase after you try before you buy do hit me up because i want to thank you personally my name's andrew mckay smith and i'm the host of the scars and guitars podcast i've got some more information to share with you about the book but before we get to that I really appreciate that you've tuned in. Until next time, it's a very goodbye for now. This is Eric Rutan of Cannibal Corpse. You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast with Andrew McKay-Smith. I've been the host of the Scars and Guitars podcast since 2017. 
The first musician I interviewed for the show was David Vincent from Morbid Angel, and things have just snowballed from there. In all, I've posted almost 650 podcast episodes featuring conversations with many of the leading lights of rock, heavy metal, and beyond. It just got to a point where I thought, I need to write a book about all this, so that's exactly what I did. In Scars and Guitars Volume 1, you'll read a heap of deep reveals and commentary, such as Des Fafara talking about Cold Chamber and why the band will never return. You know, if you're a, a band just starting out, you need to hear me. Do not start a band with partners. Ever. Yeah, wise words there. Sage advice, mate, for anybody. Don't ever, because I, I can't go do Cold Chamber right now unless I get others involved. Phil Anselmo talks about the episode in his career, which gives him the greatest sense of accomplishment. I think the staying power of the, the fans and the staying power of the I, of the songs, you know, whether it's Pantera, Down, or Superjoint, the fans remember the songs. Alex Skolnick from Testament confirms that, yes, playing the guitar in Ozzy's band is anything but an ordinary gig. Will Silent Oz from Demu Borgir write a book? Pa from Sabaton gives advice to people who want to start a band. Look at the team around you, look at the bandmates. If, uh, if the guys want to be on the stage, then it's all cool. If the guys want to be backstage, then it's not going to be cool. Current and former members of Cradle of Filth discuss the band's seminal 90s material. Read about the reaction to George Lynch and Mark from Suicide Silence's comments when they throw shade at then-President Donald Trump. We have this idiotic monster, you know, this egotistical, self-aggrandizing, complete piece of shit in there. I, 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 just, I just can't understand how we've gotten to this place. And yeah, we kicked a hornet's nest with Sepultura. Percussive overlord Gene Hoagland talks about recording with Chuck Schuldina. Chuck was always, um, you know, he was, he was very, you know, very open-minded and, and he was into having his, his musicians that were playing with him just reach out for, for the best stuff that they had. Phil Campbell from Motorhead discusses what it takes to get sober. John Five answers his critics who dismiss his tenure with Marilyn Manson. You know, my name is John Five and Manson gave me that name and um, I had some of the best years of my life in that band and, and learned a lot. And we get the lowdown on Trey Zagtoth from those who would know, including his mother. All across Scars and Guitars Volume 1, there are moments of tension, relief, tragedy, exhilaration, and throughout it all, you'll obtain insight that I believe no one else has managed to obtain from many of your favourite artists. So treat yourself. Scars and Guitars Volume 1 is currently available as an ebook with a print edition on the horizon. Follow the links attached and download a sample. I'm sure you'll be compelled to read the whole book.